you have your Bibles, want to turn to Ephesians 6, verse 18. And we've been discussing prayer, and today we sang about being near to the heart of God. The heart of God is for us, not against us. Often our hearts towards God aren't quite as strong in His direction. And that's why prayer is so important. Prayer, hearing the Word, obedience to the Word, that is the life of a disciple. And prayer is the place of power and help and comfort and relationship with God. And uh, we talk about it, we read about it, there's books about prayer, and we hear about prayer, but how many of us really do prayer? And when we do pray, are we really praying? Sometimes you can be praying and you're not really praying. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever get into a place where you're trying to be still before the Lord, you think you're praying, but you find out you're just doing something without much heart. And why is it so difficult? And we're going to talk about that today. We, we, we're talking about perseverance in prayer, because sometimes it's hard to persevere in prayer. And why is that? There's two ways I want to speak about perseverance today. It's in doing prayer and in believing for your answers to prayer, as we talked last week. But why is it so hard to keep ourselves in a place of praying? And one of the reasons, again, that we mentioned last week is sometimes we have doubt and unbelief in our hearts. And it's hard to do something when you don't really believe you're close to the heart of God, that, that God is for you and that God takes pleasure in the prayers of the upright and he takes, that he takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. And so uh, we have to build ourselves up in the faith to understand that we are doing business with the Lord. In fact, that's one of the reasons it's hard to, perseverance, to persevere in prayer is because prayer is doing business with God. It is partnership with God and it is your kingdom come with God. And one of the reasons it's difficult is because we have an enemy out there, the devil and his minions that try to get us to not pray because he knows when we pray, we fetch strength. Uh, using an old Puritan term, fetch, we fetch strength. They talked a lot about fetching strength in prayer. Uh, we fetch strength and we fetch, uh, we fetch advance of God's kingdom. And that means if God's kingdom is advancing, the devil's kingdom is shrinking. But the spirit is often willing to pray, but the flesh is weak. And a lot of times it's because of the principalities and powers out there are doing all they can to distract us and take advantage of our weaknesses. And so we have the admonition from Paul in Ephesians chapter 6. This chapter, you're familiar with the armor of God. This is talking about the fact that we are in a warfare. And one of the armors of God that don't always get uh, highlighted is what we're looking at today in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So I want to break this down because a lot of us don't think about prayer or we, we know it, we think about it, but we don't practice it as warfare. And there's a lot of crazy stuff out there, books on spiritual warfare, and there's all kinds of uh, distractions and tangents you can go, looking for a demon behind every bush, and that's not what we're talking about. But on the other side, the other ditch that you can fall into is not thinking there's any warfare, not thinking there's any spiritual enemies out there against you, 
and to totally neglect prayer when it is a key part of your uh, weaponry, your arsenal. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So first we're instructed that we need to be praying always. Now this doesn't mean that you're always going to be locked in your room on your knees and sending up your petitions to God. Of course it doesn't mean that. No one would ever get anything done. There's more than just praying. There's obeying. There's living. There's having relationships with others. And there's preaching and teaching. And there's witnessing. And there's all kinds of life to be had out there. So it doesn't mean you close the door and you never come out. But it does mean, praying always means that prayer is habitual in your life. The Greek behind praying always is really praying in all seasons on all occasions. So we need to keep a habitual prayer life because that's what marks a disciple. You know, there are a lot of Christians out there. There are other people out there that pray. There are Muslims that pray, have seven times of prayer a day and so forth and things like that. And, you know, everybody prays, even, even the atheist soldier in a foxhole will call out to God when the bombs are flying, they say. Um, but there is a certain prayer that makes a difference. There is a prayer that has a connection with God because of the things we celebrated in our communion today, because Christ has reconciled us, that we have a, a direct line to the Lord through this relationship of prayer. It should be something habitual something that marks us. It should be like breathing because that's where the relationship is with the Lord. If you don't have a life of prayer, you are missing some powerful essence of relationship with God in your life. And it's prayer that makes the difference. The, the devil knows that if you pray, you will make a difference. We talked about be still and know that I'm God. But, you know, the other side of that verse says, I will be exalted in the heavens and I will be exalted on the earth. When we pray, something takes place in the heavens and the earth. God is being exalted. He's being exalted before the angels and demons in heaven. And his will is being enacted on earth through the prayers of his people who are in obedience to him. And that's a powerful thing. In Acts 4.13, Peter and John were arrested uh, for preaching boldly in Christ and, or for, after healing the, the lame man at the gate. And the scribes, the rulers, and the elders had noticed that they were uneducated and untrained men, but they had recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, the actual meaning of that may be that they had seen these people, these men with Jesus, but the idea here is that can people recognize that we have been with Jesus? And have you been with Jesus? How are you with Jesus? By this habitual frame of prayer. And again, this is a privilege. This is a mercy that we can be praying always because we are not alone. When we have a need, we can go to our Father. When we are afraid, we can go to our Father. When we need comfort, we can go to our Father. And it's a privilege and a blessing that we can be praying always and uh, this means that you are keeping an attitude of prayer at all times. I used to get unnerved when I went to these shopping malls, uh, and I still do, I guess. <laughs> it's just hard because all the things to get your attentions and stuff, and, and I'd feel like I, I, I feel so unspiritual when I'm in the shopping mall. But then I learned, hey, 
I can be just as spiritual in a shopping mall as anywhere else. There's a psalm, one of the psalms, David says, I will sing praises to you among the gods. And so I can, I can turn a shopping center into a, a sacred place because I'm having a heart directed to the Lord in spite of everything that's out there. That's, a, that's something of praying always. How many of you have a sweet time of fellowship with God in prayer? Like you have a quiet time and everything's wonderful. And then you get up and you, you meet other people and suddenly you're not so sweet, but you, you've got riled up about something or angry. And then where did it all go? I was such a saint a, a little bit ago, 10 minutes ago, and now I just let this out of my mouth. And what happened? Well, what happened was, is you were in a place of faith during this time of prayer, and then when you got up, you left your faith in that time of prayer. Take your faith with you. Keep in that frame as you go forward, and it's not hard to do. It just takes a little bit of uh, attention, consciousness. That's why it's talking about being watchful to this end. But you can. You can get up after that sweet time and still be sweet. And if you mess up, that's the blood of Jesus has covered that and we have grace and that's something that can make us even sweeter to think, oh my, even when I mess up, God still has good for me, still loves me and so I'm going to just try again and as many times as it takes, I'm going to be sweet. Amen? <laughs> so anyway, um, we're all a bunch of sweeties here. <laughs> right. Okay, but praying always with all prayer. What does that mean, with all prayer? All prayer means prayer of every kind. There's so many different kinds of prayer. You can have corporate prayer. You can have individual prayer. But we have prayer. Uh, it's more than just making petitions. There's prayers of praise. There's prayers of thanksgiving. There's prayers of intercession for others. There's speaking to mountain prayers like we talked about last week. There's prayers of dedication, fellowship, and there's the heart talks, just having the heart talk with the Lord. You can be talking to the Lord throughout the day, washing dishes, dealing with things at work, at school. You can have a heart talk with the Lord at any time. But there's all kinds of prayers. And so what this means when it says, with all prayer, praying always with all prayer, it simply is implying that your life is just soaked in prayer, that you're covered in prayer, that you are a person about prayer. Prayer is like breathing. It's not a legalistic thing. It's not a, oh, I gotta be praying, I gotta be praying. It's just, it should become more of a natural thing the more you practice having a heart directed to the, towards the Lord. Last week I said, you don't pray to mountains or to the devils. Your heart is being directed to the Lord in all these things, leaning on Him, leaning on His promises. And you may speak to something, but your prayers are with the Lord. And so in, in all of our dealings, in Always in all prayer, we have a heart directed him, to him. And it says, uh, with supplication, there's the petitions that we'll talk about in a minute. But in the spirit, and in the spirit is very important because what this means is not that you are sitting like some yoga master or Buddhist or something and humming and doing the thing with your hand. No, that's not being in the spirit. But when we talk about being in the spirit, it's simply being in the spirit of grace, in the spirit of love, in the spirit of the gospel, the goodness of God. And it means it's from the heart. Your spirit comes up through your heart, through your, through your being still and, and directing your attention and focus on the Lord. And like I said, at other times you can be doing any religious thing, but if you don't have heart behind it, if you don't have love behind it, it's not really in the spirit. And so keep yourself 
in the love of God. Pray in the Holy Spirit, as we talked about. It's having a heart that's directed to Him, and it's not a religious formality. It's not a... And, you know, in the Spirit, in the Spirit is not in the law. You know, a lot of Christians, New Covenant believers in Christ, can be beaten down and burdened down because they feel, I got to, you can even make this a law. You've got to be praying always with all prayer. Oh, now i got something else that's burdened on me. That is the wrong way to go. That's not in the Spirit. In the Spirit is God loves me. God gave His life for me. God wants to be a part of my life. I, I want to know Him more. And this is where I'm, this is the spirit of my praying. I, I don't have to pray, and God's not going to love me less, but I'm going to love myself less because I find that there's more to be gained in my spiritual life through a life of prayer. So it's about seeking Him for everything, in everything. And it says to be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There's a need to persevere. Being watchful means being careful, being diligent to, to be believing that, like I said last week, you are in the presence of God. God's presence is with you. And you will, you will be receiving. Jesus said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So we need to persevere that we're praying always. That means that nothing more than just like remembering to water your garden. How many of you grow flowers or have plants in the house? You know, and I, we got plants in our house, and I think about them little or at all. <laughs> Except when Jennifer leaves, and she says, would you remember to water my plants for me? And now I'm remembering to water my plants. But we all have a garden. We have a soul that needs watering, and we can't neglect it. So that's what it means. Be watchful. Make sure you're remembering to water your garden, that you're planting the seeds of the word, that you're watering the garden. You be watchful and careful to that. And it's a part of the warfare because, again, uh, we are in a place that is not always going according to, to uh, how we would like. And sometimes we pray and we don't get answers to prayer, and it's the same thing. What are we to do? And this is where perseverance comes in. Um, prayer is part of the armor, as I said, and we have to remember that we are in a war. What do I mean? The world is a battleground. It's not a playground. And a lot of people don't understand that there are enemies out there, and it's not people, and it's not governments, but it's principalities and powers, angels and demons and and invisible influences, things. Now, again, you don't have to look for the devil around every negative thing that happens in your life, but you are naive if you think that everything is just natural and material and that it's, there's nothing spiritual happening at all. We have targets on our backs, especially those who minister, those who want to share the Lord with others. The devil doesn't want to see that happen. And there are... There are uh, they're invisible realities. We pray in the Spirit because God is spiritual. We learn that Satan fell from heaven like lightning, Jesus said. We knew, know that the sons of God were with the Lord and, and shouted at creation, it says in the book of Job. There are all kinds of spiritual things going on, and we are not the end all of life. Sometimes we think that we are, all, we are it, humanism, exalting man to the end. 
But we are part of a cosmic warfare. And I don't understand everything about it, but there are things that we are a part of that we don't or won't fully understand until the end when all is revealed. But we can understand now, as Paul has given us this in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, that we are against spiritual principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. And there are a lot of spiritual influences out there. What are the things that you read? What are you listening to? What kind of entertainment are you giving, giving yourself to? You know, some people say, oh, it's just fun and just entertainment. But there you can be influenced by the wrong spirit. And if you don't want to say it's angels or demons, it can just be the spirit of the world. It can be the spirit of, of a, a sinful heart. There, there are all kinds of things that we need to be careful about. And we need to persevere in prayer because we are in a spiritual battle. And so this should help us because uh, I have to be reminded of this. And I believe others need to be reminded of this, that we are in a battle. We can't just go through life and saying, well, this didn't happen and this was messed up. This was against me and things like that. If we understand that we're in a battle, we'll take prayer more seriously. We'll exalt God in our life more. We will look to him for the help and we will, we will look to our field manual and we'll be encouraged and we'll, we'll be blessed because we have been promised the victory. But a lot of people want victory without persevering. They want to wave a magic wand and everything's okay. And I hate to break it to you, but sometimes life doesn't work out so quickly like that. And there are, there are places where we need to be in perseverance. And uh, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And some strongholds take longer to pull down. Anybody experienced that besides me? Some strongholds take longer to pull down, and yet if we don't understand that we're in a warfare, we're not going to be... Uh, taking that position with the Lord in prayer. So in Ephesians 6, 13, a few verses before what we're looking at, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. See, this is good news because all we have to do is stand, but we have to withstand. That means we have the ground. God has won the ground. God has taken care of things. But we have to hold the fort. We have to withstand. And if we have this mindset and that we put on our armor, we have all prayer, we will be able to stand in the end. Sometimes, though, we get hit and we're reeling and we're about to fall. We need help. But in the end, we stand. Um, Moses, what happened in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13? This is a story about perseverance in prayer Moses was sure of the victory, but uh, they had to have him lifting up his hands the whole time they were in battle when uh, they were fighting Amalek. As we see in uh, these verses, they were, uh, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men, some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him. 
and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, this is a strange story. Does this mean that we have to actually keep our hands lifted up when we're praying and when we let them down? That's very strange, isn't it? And I don't believe that's the point here. The point here is that there is a perseverance in prayer. And uh, prayer is referred to in 1 Timothy 2.8 as the lifting up of holy hands. So you have to lift up with holy hands. Prayer, sometimes you have to keep bringing those hands back up. How do you persevere in prayer? Sometimes you have to uh, pray different angles on things. Sometimes you're, you, you have to persevere strengthening your weak hands and confirming the feeble knees, as it says in Isaiah 35. There's also times when you need to call Aaron and her or some brother or sister, some friend, someone to come alongside you and help you in prayer. You know, we, we have a direct line to the Lord. We have the connection to God but we are still uh, in relationships in need of help from others. That's why we are the church. The church is stronger together. And sometimes you just need some help with some others saying, hey, I'm with you, I'm praying for you, and we're going to come alongside and help you lift up those holy hands. Sometimes you get hit with something. Something happens and, and you, you have a difficult time praying. That's what I like to call is the times when you're reeling. You can get knocked up with something and then you're spinning around and, and the stars are, are reeling around your head. You know what I'm talking about? And you just, I need some help in prayer right now. It's time to call in the reinforcements. Sometimes you need to call in the reinforcements. And you know what? I find that when I'm in a place like that, that's the time when I don't want to call anybody. <laughs> I don't want to humble myself and I'm, I don't want to sound like a drag. I don't want to sound down. But that's the time when you really need to call your, your friend, your trusted brother or sister, and say, hey, I'm having a time. Can you, can you pray for me? Can you help me out here? And uh, there's no shame in that. I need to remind myself to do that, and I, I, I'm getting better at it. But all of us could probably use that reminder that people care, especially Brothers and sisters in Christ, we care. We want, to, we want to help lift up your arms. And having that love from the body of Christ is a, a help in persevering, persevering in prayer. Now, a few other things that I think are very helpful in perseverance in prayer. One is that delay is not denial. And so I said, some strongholds are harder to take down, but help is on the way. And if you were in the military, some of you have been in the military, right? But if you were holding, uh, holding your ground and the enemy was coming in thick and heavy, it could get pretty scary. It could look discouraging. But what if you got a message that the reinforcements are coming? Hold the ground. We're on our way. And you know that when they come, this enemy has not a chance. That would at least encourage your heart. That would strengthen you to keep defending the turf. That would help you to keep standing, to keep going, would it not? Help is on the way. Well, a delay in answers to prayer is not necessarily a denial. And you can learn this from a spectacular episode in the book of Daniel. 
Daniel prayed uh, two specific, uh, uh, two significant prayers in the book of Daniel, maybe more, but I mean, I'm looking at chapters 9 and 10, two very significant prayers in chapters 9 and 10, and it says that his prayer was heard from the beginning in chapter 9, and it took about almost an instant before he realized it. But in chapter 10, we get a very interesting passage here, verse 12 to 14. The angel appeared to, the Lord, uh, to Daniel, the angel of the Lord appeared to Daniel, and then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. All right, so the angel appears and says, your prayers were heard from the very beginning. But what happened? It took 21 days, three weeks. What was Daniel doing during these three weeks? He was probably persevering in prayer, persevering. But the angel finally appears to him. Three weeks, what took you so long? What, you know, where were you? And the angel says, I, you were heard the minute you prayed. <laughs> you know, and God heard it, and God dispatched it. But I had a little trouble along the way. Well, what was his trouble from? Well, the prince of Persia, and he needed help from Michael. Who are these beings? And this is what I'm talking about. These were spiritual beings. These were principalities and powers that were obstructing the angel. Another angel, Michael, had to come in. There was a heavenly spiritual warfare going on that was detaining the answer from appearing. The answer was not detained itself. The answer came, but it was being detained from appearing. It was being detained from manifesting before Daniel. And it was because there was a spiritual conflict going on. The prince of Persia was not a person. It was a spiritual entity, and that's what Paul was talking about, principalities and powers. So um, when we pray, prayer, I believe that Daniel was persevering in prayer, and that was part of the overcoming of the prince of Persia. And the point is, is that when you haven't received something, it doesn't mean that your prayer hasn't worked out. You persevere, you hold your ground, you wait for the help to come, but you can be in faith. You can believe that you have received and that you uh, are confident because you know that God has been faithful. But there is a conflict, there's a battle, and um, that's a help in knowing how to persevere. Because we have the victory. God has promised us the victory. Another help is knowing that appearances don't always represent accomplishments. Last week, uh, we talked about the fig tree. We, we kind of passed it before we talked to having faith in God and, and speaking to the mountain be removed and cast into the sea. But the fig tree, in the book of Matthew, uh, there are two accounts of this fig tree uh, the cursing of the fig tree. In the book of Matthew 21, 19, Jesus, seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you 
ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? All right, that's one account, but it appears different in the book of Mark. Mark 11, verse 20 to 21. Same thing, now in the morning as they passed by. This was the next day in the morning when they passed by. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So in the book of Matthew, it looks like they, they noticed it immediately. In the book of Mark, it looks like it was the next day. What gives here? Well, it looks contradictory, but it's really not. Because uh, what happened was Jesus cursed the fig tree, and immediately something happened to that fig tree. But they did not notice the results until the next day. All right, it was the next day. So there's no conflict in these two accounts. But the idea is, is that something happened immediately, but the appearance didn't show forth until the next morning. So can you pray, and when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have, can you believe that something has been accomplished before you see the actual result, before you have the package, so to speak? Again, we are in a spiritual battle. We have, prayer is a spiritual thing, and it is not by sight, but by faith that we walk, and we've got to believe that there is power in prayer, and that we can't be moved by what we see all the time, because sometimes appearances do not represent the accomplishment. That tree probably started dying the minute Jesus cursed it, it started rotting away from the inside, and then it began to show itself the next morning when they passed by. And another point to persevering is wise timing. God is wise, and He knows the best time, the due season for your life. Galatians 6, 9 says, In due season we shall reap if we do not give up, if we faint not. And God is wise. Sometimes the things that we ask for in prayer, we're not ready to receive them yet. Um, it'd be like, you know, my kids never really were excited about getting their driver's license. But I know a lot of kids are. And a kid could be 12 years old and say, Dad, can I, get the, can I use the car? Can I use the car? And, and I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Well, the, the dad knows, no, you're not ready yet. You can barely see over the steering wheel and... And I know you feel like you can do it, but I, just wait. That's, that's wise of the parent. And sometimes God knows what we can handle. When the person, when the child is old enough and shows the maturity and the capability and the, and, and the father sees that, now is the time. You're ready. And uh, he's probably waiting. I want to I see you move forward. And I want to give this to you. But, you know, you don't give a loaded gun to a child but when they're older and they've done some training, they know what to do with it and they can be safe and, and it's okay. We, we are growing spiritually and sometimes we think we can handle something, but maybe we can't handle it as much as we think. Maybe it would do something to our pride. Maybe it would get us distracted or unfocused or maybe God has a better plan in the mix with it. But God is wise and he's loving and that should be a comfort and a help as we're persevering in prayer. But again, when we know the will of God, we have the will of God written in His Word, and we are confident when we ask according to His will, He hears us. 
we can believe that we have what we've asked for. And sometimes we have to just stand on that word, that promise, and say, this is what your word says. I believe you want to fulfill this, and I'm looking for that, for that answer. The final thing I want to look at here is Luke 18, 1 to 8. Uh, this is big on perseverance, and this is one of those uh, parables. We talked about one already a few weeks ago, uh, knocking on the door of the friend at midnight to get three loaves of bread. You know, the point of that parable was that God is not like that miserable friend. And this is the same thing. This can often be misunderstood or it's taught the wrong way, saying you got to badger God like this woman badgers the unjust judge. But this parable is not likening God to this judge at all. It's a contrast. It's saying God's not like this judge. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart saying there was a certain city, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because the widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Wow, that is a powerful question. Why did he add that to the end of it? Will the Son of Man find faith on this earth? He had just said right before that, he will avenge them speedily. God will avenge you speedily. I think back to Daniel. As soon as he prayed, God speedily answered. But yet there was a need for faith. There was a need to persevere and to keep on. And Jesus said, will he find faith on the earth? Because we are so given to the natural and to appearances. And we don't believe that we've been answered speedily like that. We start to think that we have to badger the judge. And this judge gave, had no fear of God, no regard of man. That sounds more like the devil. There it is again. This, there's a spiritual realm. There's a battle. There's an adversary out there. And this unjust judge was beaten down by persistence. Now, the devil gets beaten down by our persistence because when we pray, that's when I believe Michael and the archangels are going at it and they're taking out these enemies before us. And so notice, notice how the widow spoke to this thing. She's not speaking to God. Give me justice. But she's speaking boldly to a, a man who has no regard for her, a man in high position, no fear of God. Why should he do anything for this little, little old lady? And yet she's not saying, please, Mr. Unjust Judge, I need some help and things like that. No, she's saying, give me what's mine. Avenge me of my adversary. She's speaking to that mountain, so to speak. Well, speaking to the enemy. But, you know, this is, again, we're not praying to enemies. We're not praying to things. But I believe Jesus wants us to see, a, to have a boldness in prayer in which we can confidently ask the Lord and we can make demands on the enemy. This isn't right. This is not just. I have a just father who is a just and good judge who will bring justice. 
We see so little justice in this world. It's all being run by the unjust judge. But as we pray, as we persevere in prayer, we take out some of his unjustness and bring in the kingdom advance of God. And this is what we're working towards. This is the spiritual warfare that we are a part of in this world. We are not just hanging on waiting for Jesus to come. We are a part of his supreme plan to overcome the works of the devil, the power of the enemy, and it starts in our hearts by praying to the Lord and developing that relationship, and he pushes the devil's kingdom out. And as he does that, we take steps as he leads us, and we push the, kingdoms, uh, the devil's kingdom out as we go and serve the Lord on this earth, doing his will as it is in heaven. And this is what's going on. And this is why there's such an attack against Christians, why the devil's trying to stop the church, why the devil mocks the faith in entertainment and movies and things like because he wants to take us off our course to go by appearances and to become timid rather than bold, saying, I want justice here. We need to persevere knowing that we're not fighting a losing battle. Therefore, after having done all, we stand. And we have fought a good fight. Paul says, I'm fighting the good fight. I have fought the good fight. God has promised the victory. And we're, we go through some battles and we may have some wounds and some injuries and we may have some conflicts, but we can persevere knowing that he wins in the end and he has brought us into his victory already through the blood of Jesus, through the resurrection of Christ. And going back to what we celebrated earlier, if we could just understand how much we've been forgiven, how that has put us in sync with the Lord who is good, who is loving, who is kind and protecting and caring and healing and blessing, then there's nothing that should get in the way of us except for the distractions of the enemy, the unbelief of the world, and all the things that can come against us to try to get us to forget and to see things differently. And... I need help. I need my eyes opened up. I need to say, Lord, your Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Reveal the truth to me again. Help me to get back into the joy of the forgiveness of God and the power of your spirit and to know Satan's doom because he is doomed. I just read uh, last night in Psalm 33. He brings the counsels of the heathens to naught. He brings the plans of the people to naught. All these conspiracies out there, all these acts that look like the devil's gaining ground, the darkness is increasing and the world is coming to a fearful end. The Lord brings it all to naught and it is written. He is one and it's all going to be boom. And that's when the appearance will appear and we will rejoice and glory in that. Our God reigns. We will reign with him forever and ever. And the walk of faith now is to try to get that vision in our hearts and to be about prayer and to be that disciple. You can be a Christian and not be a disciple. A disciple prays, a disciple obeys, a disciple grows. Will you be that disciple and can you be encouraged knowing that he brings the counsel of nations to naught and the plans of the people to naught, but to those who are in him, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed them to us by his spirit. Get in the spirit, get that revelation and persevere because it won't be long. And the reinforcements are here. 
He's bringing help to strengthen us as we need it in the days ahead. How do you end prayers? Amen. Yeah. So, amen. All right, well, we're going to close. Maybe a good way to close today is with prayer. And uh, if anyone needs special prayer, I'd be happy to be a reinforcement with you or somebody else if you say, hey, pray for me. If people need prayer, let's pray for each other. If you feel led, come on up after afterwards. Can you play a little bit of music while we're closing? And uh, I'll close in prayer. Father, thank you that you are with us right now, that your presence is, is here to forgive, to heal, to save, to comfort, to strengthen, to build up. And so I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that uh, you would meet each person in a special way right now, this moment. Touch their hearts, speak to their souls, I am your salvation. Build them up, make them brave, bold, and uh, be glorified, Lord, because you've shown that to us, that you are glorious, and we want to share that with the world. We want to see others get in on the, the goodness. So help us, Lord. We pray for opportunities this week and the days ahead to reveal your glory to others, to bring your love to the world, and to see your love in action showing itself in our lives. Thank you for the hope we have in prayer. Thank you that we have hope that it's spiritual, that we don't have to go by sight because it often looks so contrary. But you're here, you're with us, you love us. Now go and bless, uh, bless our, our days ahead with that understanding and strength in Jesus' name. Amen.